Generations to Hunt podcast, where the goal is to learn together and further the culture of hunting. Thanks for listening. Welcome back to the Generations of Hunt podcast. Matt's all fired up. Let's hear what he's got to say. I don't know if I would describe it as fired up. I think our, our episode today is uh, a little more thought-provoking than normal. We don't have a guest, so we, uh, we're we going to go over the big rule change in Michigan this year. Um, so that's going to be the new mandatory check-in. And then we're going to talk a little bit about uh, Arizona and them banning their trail cameras uh which for us in michigan seems absolutely insane but uh we you know we'll go over that uh i guess a little bit but uh how are things going for you joe good work is this slow this year it kind of sucks man because this is using my time where i'm so busy i can't do anything and i might get mad about it but like i have like i don't have a lot of free time but like i'm like i'm supposed to be busy now so i can take lunch time off in october and it's not gonna look forward to that so but this weekend i'm gonna be doing a lot of land management it sounds like you've been doing some of that yeah i spent the last two days uh trimming trails um out of one of the properties i hunt for two reasons one it's gonna make getting in and out of the stands quite a bit easier two it's uh it gets pretty wet back there in the fall so the idea is that hopefully I'll grow back, like the grasses and everything will grow back a little bit thicker and hopefully soak up a little bit more water to keep it a little drier. I don't actually have any idea if that's going to work, but that's the theory behind it. Okay. So, but no, I mean, other than that, uh, time seems to be flying by. We seem to be getting closer and closer to October every day. It's it's almost August. Uh, I think by the time this releases, it will be August. Um, so just a couple short months, so it's... Uh, it's ramping up quick, man. Yeah, it's it's ready to it's about time to get People ready. People are so. posting trail cam pics. Um, no, yeah, I got. I only have two out. I need to get more out, but I need to get more SD cards. Yeah, it's ramping up quick, and and now it's like getting to the crucial time of planning planning out your season. Like this is like okay, this is what we got to do. So. Uh, I just looked, um, oh man, I don't know if I should leave these, nah, fuck it, I got a job coming down there, um, south of Brighton, and I found actually a couple public land spots. I, Are you gonna hunt them this year? I, I, well, if I can, if, I can't, if I get out, let's say I get out at three o'clock, I don't think I can make it back to my lease up here in time, you know what I mean? No, you wouldn't get back here till damn near five. Yeah, so, I might have to some nights i might have to just go the old public land route that's all right i me and uh my buddy shawnee we put in for that shiawassee river state game area so if we get drawn for that we're gonna go out there and see what we can come up with out there other than that the only other thing i got planned is uh going to missouri uh middle of october and then just sitting around michigan trying to shoot a 120 <laughs> There's a dramatic pause because that's not what we're looking for. I don't know. I probably shoot 120 this year if I came down to do it. 
I don't know. I don't have no I I don't have no expectation besides a mature deer. And so let me I I'll have to see what I got. You know, I got a lot of does on my one property that I can't do anything about, so we'll see. Yeah. So. No, it's uh we'll we'll see how it goes as it gets closer to September and October, but let's jump into our our main topic. So we'll start with the banning of the trail cameras in Arizona. So um, most of the people listening to this probably don't care or uh, don't know, but the state of Arizona banned the use of trail cameras to aid in hunting deer. So they're still allowed for like biologists and stuff like that to use them in like studying animals. Studying animals. And you can use them for just taking pictures of the if you're just regular doing photography no and cattle can you can use them as cattle surveillance okay, but you can't use them to aid you to from harvesting an animal right so kind of how we do right so even though i have trail cameras that aren't cell cams ultimately my sole purpose is to see what's out there um that would not be allowed in arizona i would not be allowed to do that I just think at that point, why don't you just eliminate them all? So why why do this old oh, cattle surveillance and all this like oh photography, oh biologists like what? Wh- who's gonna tell me if I get caught with them on there and they're gonna be like, well, were you using these for deer? Oh, I didn't tell them deer to walk in front of. Them. I was trying to take pictures of the sunset. Yeah, so I would imagine if you're on public land, you're not gonna win that battle. So that seems to be where the biggest. Yeah, but argument you... is is for these. So, so here's the craziest part. So I read an article. I can't find it right now. I have a couple more articles that I'll read later. But the um, like Natural Resource Commission for Arizona held a bunch of meetings on this topic with the citizens of Arizona, and it was almost a hundred percent nobody was for the the banning of the trail cameras, and they still did it. Which to me, I mean, I understand in Michigan the NRC has gone against what maybe the majority of the voices, but it's a lot closer to a 50-50 split than the total. I mean, imagine if if they banned trail cameras in Michigan. The absolute outrage it would bring here. But, I mean... Somebody's appointing these guys that are in charge, right? Or are they just supplicating, okay, uh, we're now the fucking... I believe if it's... A, so I don't know a ton on how Arizona works. I know I, in Michigan, the people on the NRC board are appointed by local officials, I believe. Um, don't quote me on that, but I believe that's how you get into that role. Um, obviously, it's a commission, so I'd imagine they have to be appointed by someone. Right. Um, the main arguments for the banning of trail cams which i know arizona hunting it's a lot different it's a lot more wide open because it's desert so argument one was hunters putting cameras over water holes and disrupting the animals from going to those water holes potentially causing damage to that wildlife so they're saying that by you going in and checking your trail camera, you're running animals off, which, 
I mean, I could see that argument, but ultimately you're in there for five minutes and then they're just going to come back. At least in, in my experience. Every animal in Rose Lake would be dead right now. Yeah. If they were run, getting run off by people checking cameras. Yeah. There's animals will find it. They don't, there'll be a, if somebody put a Twinkie in the middle of a highway and if I was starving, I would walk out and I'd fuck that. I'd walk right there and eat that Twinkie off the ground. Well, so I would say that's the only argument I see that you could make a point for. Here are the other uh, couple arguments. The other argument was people on public land getting their picture taken by a camera they don't know is there. It's public land. It's if 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 it's public view, then you can argue. I don't want my house taking a picture on Google Maps. I I don't want it's yeah. public view, right? It's it's public view. It's you and put a post, post a sign that says there may be cameras on this parameter that says you may get your photo taken. I guess in my mind, ultimately, I don't have an issue with someone catching me on their trail camera because I'm not doing anything wrong. People that, I guess, and this is an opinion, uh, people that don't want to be on camera generally are probably doing something they should Yeah, for sure. And what are they going to do with it? What, are you walking around naked on public land? What I mean, they're going to yeah, see don't... me on public land and go, wow, this guy spent way too much money on Sitka. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's all they're going to do. Like, you can do anything they want with that photo. I don't really care. Right. I mean, what's the, yeah, like you said, the word, if you get mad that somebody's taking your photo, either A, you don't want to be seen, or B, you're up to no fucking good. Yep. So, I mean, sh- shit, there should be a camera on every fucking post then. The, the, I'm not going to say the last argument, but the other argument was it apparently is a big deal where it causes hunter conflict. So I'll read the, this is on the first article I have, um, and this is on AmericanHunter.org. And the question was, what are some of the main issues that prompted Arizona to ban trail camera use for hunting? I've heard that in the field conflict has become a problem. Is that a fact? And I'm not sure... Uh, so the guy that's answering the questions, his name is Larry Phoenix. He's the Arizona Game and Fish Department Flagstaff Regional Supervisors and one of the men in charge of orchestrating the bold move to remove trail cameras from Arizona's hunting grounds. His response was, yes, of course, you have hunters set up over a key water source and then other hunters who are perhaps scouting for an upcoming season come to check their cameras leave their truck running, check their camera, then get back in their diesel truck and drive away. I'm going to pause right there just because I don't know why they he added the diesel truck. It just seems odd that, that that specific thing was in there. That sounds a little <laughs> liberal to me. And then he says, we've even had hunters use the excuse, I need to check my camera as a way to intentionally disrupt another guy's hunt. When you've waited years to draw a tag and only have a few days to hunt, that becomes a real issue. So there are some ethics there. It's not law, but people could do better. All this leads to conflict, and that snowball grows. Not only are hunters being disturbed, but the non-hunting public, ranchers, campers, hikers, and so on. When you approach a waterhole and there are half a dozen to a dozen cameras taking your picture, it becomes an invasion of privacy. So we're going to stop right there. So it is public land. You ultimately are not afforded any sort of privacy while being in the public, whether it's on the street going to the store or whether it's walking around public land in the woods. Okay, if you were in 
your own house, like I get that, but there is no reason of expectation for privacy when you are out in the general public. So to use that as a reason to not allow trail cameras is insane to me. The other thing is to have a dozen cameras. I mean, I'm not in Arizona, but I would imagine if I walked up to a spot, watering hole, you know, just like here, and I seen a singular singular trail camera, I'm not then going to set my trail camera next to that trail camera. Well, who knows that it's not multiple or like you have four or five cameras on one water hole. It could be one person that could have four or five cameras to catch every side of the fucking water in the hole. I mean, it's not. And let's, you can argue, okay. But the thing about the the guy saying that, oh, somebody's going to come down there with their to come check cameras while this other guy's hunting. Why is that guy not hunting then? Why would he well, come he's check? He's saying because he has an upcoming season. But oh. even then, like. Make it walk-in. I, I would rather they make the public land walk-in as opposed to allowing vehicles on there because that's less invasive on the animals or the terrain than someone walking in to check a trail camera. So now you have the unknown, and let's just say everybody doesn't live there. Let's just say no one has a chance to scout it. So you know, and get, and what are you going to do if you're at Hunt, Arizona, and you have no knowledge of where the deer are moving, all you can e-scout, you're going to go to a watering hole anyways. You're going to find a watering hole. So at the end of the day, you're still going to be, there's going to be 20 hunters over that watering hole now. Yeah. I mean, what's, it's not, it's not going to change out. Now, now you can, and, and I was listening to a podcast about this with uh, Nine Finger Chronicles with Aaron from the Hunting Public, and they were saying that they use 50% of their knowledge of the trail cam is not even for deer movement. It's for human intrusion. So they know what's going on outside of that. So they know. So if I had trail cameras set up on this watering hole and go, fuck, man, this thing is crowded. I'm fucking not going here. Right, right there. That's, that's, that's dictating my hunt, too. So now you take away that eliminate. Well, maybe no one's over this watering hole. Then you- well, the other thing you have is you have the use of cell cams now, which does not require you to even go out and physically check your camera. But even still, like, I just I find it hard to believe that you're gonna. Well, here's the other thing. I so the very next thing is it says outfitters have a large number of trail cameras. And this guy says, I think that is legitimate. We have regular hunters who say they have 300-plus cameras out. I'm not going to lie. I don't know a single person that owns more than maybe 10 or 15. I, I, you know, and I was talking to you a little bit before the podcast and all that. With people, I don't know. Maybe out there is different. I don't know. But, like, I can understand guides and all that because, you know, that's a lot of areas. I can see guides for sure. So the number he has for guides is 3,000. Holy fuck. But maybe, I don't know. Could I, you imagine? I mean, just. That's a lot of. Dude, even if you bought the cheapest wilderness, what are, what are they The called? Wild Game Innovation. Yeah, the Wild like Game. Like 50 bucks. 50 bucks. You're talking, you have $500,000 in cameras out there? I just don't understand how you would check effectively 3,000 cameras. How would you place 3,000 cameras? <laughs> One on every fence post every five feet. Yeah, like. 
maybe, I mean, maybe. I, 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 I guess I mean, this is all hypothetical. I've, I don't hunt in Arizona. I've never been out there. I, it, it's wide open, and, but I don't see. I, I don't want to be ignorant or whatever, and I, I want to argue the other side too. Like, okay, I understand. I, I, you don't want to naturally move these animals, but like some of the the things they're just saying, like you. Here's said, the issue I have with it. So you start, and this is kind of. I don't know. I mean, they use this argument for gun all the time. If you take one of my rights away, it just leads to more, which is essentially true. But partly when it comes to hunting, you have anti-hunters that will do just about anything to prevent you from hunting. And you now allow the banning of trail cameras, which is a huge part of hunting. Um And I understand it's just one state, and I know that it's a little bit different. But if you were to ban trail cameras it now opens it up for other states to follow okay you ban trail cameras you're just going to continue i guess down it's a slippery slope of are we going to get rid of other things so because i'm pretty sure nevada is banned cameras too i'm not sure i'd have to look into i just know i a certain read into the arizona here but like to you're you're banning one tool to use it i guess at what point do we stop you know, because we already have all the rules and regulations in place that we have to follow, and now you're just making it and, and more difficult. And you can't say, okay, well, it's giving you an edge. Well, then get rid of, and then you're gonna say, oh, you can't use artificial calls. You can't use yep. bugles, or you can't use, you know, diaphragms, and all. And then you're gonna say, well, fuck. And then let's just, you're gonna basically put us all the way back to the Stone Age and say all you can use is iron sights. Yeah, you know. I mean, I understand. I mean, that's a a, a long stretch to make, but I I, I agree with your point. Of, I mean, where did they stop? Right. Because um, now you can, I can buy a rifle, and I can get a rifle that I can shoot eight hundred to a thousand yards. Would I? Would I personally? Would I do that? No, but I'm saying. Yeah. It's it's the technology is out there. You know, it's not the old smooth bore thirty thirty that your grandpa gave you anymore that couldn't even hit fifty yards on a pie plate, but. You know, we're advancing. So I understand there's certain points where we get to say, okay, whoa, you know, this is way too much advancement to be fair. Do you think that trail cameras aid in your ability to kill a deer? No, absolutely not. I mean, it, 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 it helps, but it doesn't, at the end of the day, it doesn't pull the trigger. It doesn't, you do you it doesn't tell me okay this deer could do this three days in a row and then okay and then a week later okay it did it two days in a row let's oh, do it again no it could totally change it does not it does not it's not a guarantee and the, you can't yes it, it it does give you information that what's out there and it definitely is letting them it you definitely can know where he's going but it doesn't, you know, who knows that it got uh, bumped into a human over there or nothing. And then it bumped out of the next county. You don't know that. But now you just have a picture of them an hour before that. You're like, oh. So I can probably count on one hand how many deer I've gotten on trail camera and how many I've actually shot, right? And that, the crazy thing is so the last one I shot that was on trail camera was an eight point I got in Michigan two years ago. I got this buck October, like, 9th, daylight pictures, um, and I had a 
couple of pictures previous to that of him. But after that one day, I never seen him again. I didn't get him on camera, and I never seen him again. And I ended up shooting him Thanksgiving morning. Um, probably 250 to 300 yards from where I last had him on camera. So did the camera help me kill that deer? No. It was a coincidence that I had him on camera before, and he just he came back to the area. But I think your property matters on how effective your trail cameras are. So like where I hunt, trail cameras are effective tools to know what time deer are moving through. Like I've used it plenty of times to get on a doe because I know at nighttime they're regularly coming through this spot right here, right? Um, And then you can use them to help determine the best way to enter a stand, I think, because it, it allows you to say, hey, at night, these guys are kind of coming back from this direction. Um, you know, I can enter there. So, but in the morning, they're coming through there. You know, it's probably not a wise idea to walk through there. But I think if you're, if you watch TV, these guys are always like, oh, well, I've seen the buck come through. I know he's going to come through. I, I, I'm sorry. That's not a realistic, for, for 95% of the hunting population, that's not a realistic expectation that you're going to get a buck on camera and know to a certain degree that that deer is going to come back that way. Unless you, I mean, the Drury brothers, I'm sure, could probably pull it off. But even then, I think that they would agree to an extent that the, the trail camera still isn't helping them shoot the deer. It's just giving them intel on when maybe the best time to go in there is. Um or if the deer is in that area still. You know, if they got a picture of it this morning and they go out and hunt that evening. I, I yeah, and I like let me like kinda I think there would have been better steps. Like maybe if there was like a thing, let's say you have to mark out like let's just say the common man can only place so many cameras. Like the limitation, you know what I mean? Like let's say, you know, other states that have baits you can put five gallons out a day 100 percent, yeah Let, let's say you can have 10 cameras out in a square mile or something you know what i mean or like that because like l- let's just say if that was true they had three thousand cameras outfitters and every one was a cell cam you could have basically surveillance of that whole property and then you get instant intel but okay that's this this elk or this deer's over here. Okay, he's moving over here. Like, I can understand maybe that if you're getting that fast in- information and you can basically, you're basically a live camera feed. I can maybe understand that point, but I think there was, would have been better just to go cold turkey, go, okay, ban them all, but we're going to let photographers and then, okay, the cattle surveillance, but now everybody's going to be like, well, I know cattle farmer and his cows are getting messed with so i put a camera out there i don't tell them deer to walk in front of it i think that everybody's gonna come friends with a ranch i agree a hundred percent that they should have tried things a little different i think that they i mean sure okay so year one let's just ban it on public land and see what happens right on private land so kind of like ohio does with baiting in ohio you can bait on private land but you can't bait on public and just see what changes if there's any change, right? But, like, 
part of, and you so you message a guy out in Arizona and is he is he an outfitter or he's a guide or he's a guide so he, okay and like this trail camera band I guess and I'll let you read it and then I'll give my opinion on it but it's their reasoning for banning it is almost counterproductive after yeah. I mean it's only one guy's opinion but after I guess basically I said I, I, shout out to Franco. He was a guide out in Wyoming for me, and I messaged because we wanted to talk to that. I said, hey, man, what's your thoughts on the camera ban for Arizona, and how does it affect you guiding? And he says, causes us to get out more and grind to, to sit at watering holes now. Wait for the animals to show up. I've been glassing every morning. Even though these last few weeks I've been able to produce animals, but not giants. I have to take pictures for my clients to let them know what's in the area, so I had to physically be out there. I think it's wrong to ban the cameras, not over water where they they can get congested. So he's saying not the over the watering holes. Like so, okay, you get rid of so many feet in the water holes. Basically, what he says. I know I know animals can roam freely, but if other states can use trail cameras, why can't Arizona? At the end of the day, I use the camera to educate me and my clients on what's out there and and on the land. Trails cameras do not kill animals. 100%. So here's the crazy thing, though. So remember the first argument that they had for banning him was people going out and checking the trail cameras, um, either A, disrupting someone else's hunt, or B, essentially moving the animals around too much. So a direct cause of their trail camera ban, for especially for him as an outfitter, is that now you're forcing that individual to physically be out there even more to try and locate animals for his clients before they get there. So it, it's, that seems counterproductive to me in the fact that you don't want people out there roaming around, messing with the animals, messing with other people, hunter, other hunters, but you've, are, you're, you've just created that problem because now you can't use a trail camera to give you the same information that he's spending hours now getting. Um, the other thing is, is you're directly affecting an entire industry. I know some people don't like outfitters. I don't necessarily have an issue with outfitters. I think that they are really good for, I, I think they're, have a spot in the hunting industry. Um, but you're directly affecting their livelihood. But you got to remember this too. This is not Michigan. This is not. This is not even Iowa. Some of these tags, these elk tags, take ten to fifteen years to get. This is once in a lifetime tags. Like literally, yeah. like, and like, if I've been putting in tags, and it's not cheap. I think it's like a couple hundred bucks every month or every year to put in these tags. So you got well over a lot of money invested in these and. And you and some of these people want to get it done, and it's hard to pick somebody. Be like, well, what do you got out there? Well, I can't show you. I don't have no pictures. So, I mean, it's just, it's, it's. Yeah, you're not gonna choose an outfitter that can't show you that he's producing animals or has even animals for you to chase. Right. Especially in a world where getting scammed is really not that difficult, right? No, because I could just get some barren land out in Arizona and say, hey, man, I got fucking 350-inch fucking elk all over the place. Book a hunt yeah. with me, and then you get out there, but, well, I'm sorry, man. Yeah, they're not here today. No, they're not here. Sorry, man. Sorry you just wasted 15 years, but 
but yeah, I mean, this is it, you can show them physical pictures. Go, okay, look, look, you see this post or you see this watering hole right here. I have this elk, this elk, or this deer, or this deer, and like, and then you go actually to the hunting place. You say, okay, okay, the weather affected it or something that like it didn't kill the the elk, but it's showing them that it's they, actually there. Right, because I can give you plenty of places just here in Michigan. And, that... and, and don't get me wrong, I'm not saying all outfitters are lazy and they only relied on fucking trail cam because i know franco because he i see him on instagram and all that he's out there all the time anyways take you know he's always scouting he's learning to train and all that it's not i'm not saying they don't do that but now it takes it it forces them a lot use up a lot more resources a lot more fuel and you know gas ain't cheap right now and it's just to drive the cost up of the hunts and now when you draw this life in a a, a once in a lifetime tag basically it's gonna be double the price because they had to do double the work well that and he's out there constantly moving animals around i mean there's there's no way around him moving yeah now he has to physically be out there instead of a trail or a cell camera just telling him okay there was a deer there now he has to literally go out there with his diesel truck yeah (laughs) his diesel truck yeah so i don't don't know if he drives a diesel yeah so i definitely have a little bit of heartburn i don't understand I, i mean even after reading some articles and, you know, obviously you talking to a guide out there, I don't, I guess I just don't get the logic behind it other than. Because you, you do this and it's like everything else, it's, it, it, it can be a domino effect. You can go, well, Arizona banned them. Well, Utah ban or Nevada, I think banned them. I think in a certain section of Nevada, I don't quote me on it. Then all of a sudden, it's going to say, well, that was a good idea. Utah bans them. Then Wyoming bans Then it's just then it's yeah. just a trickle. Pfft. Okay, now it's just nationwide and all Well, that. I mean, so they use the conflict, right? Um, hunters are getting into conflicts with people that are checking trail cameras. I can guarantee you I can go out to public land and interview 100 people here in Michigan. And I will guarantee you every single one of them has had some some form of conflict with another hunter on public land. Yeah. So, I mean, by Arizona's logic, they should just not be able to hunt at all on public land. Because people – But and I mean, and some of this, though, comes down to human decency, right? Like, if people would just understand, like, this is public land, it's here for everyone, maybe this doesn't happen, right? So, like, if someone comes out to check their trail camera – you either a you know try to have a conversation with them about like look you know I'm gonna be hunting these days and if they don't respect that it's what it is move on, or you just kind of move to a different area. Um, and if you're that guy checking trail camera, I think you need to be a little bit more mindful of other people hunting and not going in there. Um, so I would say part of the issue is hunters at fault. Like, we kind of did it a little bit to ourselves. If, if they're using the argument of hunter conflict, then I would like to give them a b- bit of a benefit of the doubt of the fact that they've had enough of these issues that they can use it to their defense of banning on trail cameras. So, at, at, I guess hunters have kind of screwed themselves over in this situation. You know, a little common decency would have gone a long way. And I think if, you know, the state, if you're looking at it, like, like, it, everything, don't get, it, everything's about money. Like, yeah, everything's about money. And now, 
you saying this and let's just say i'm i just was a nearby neighboring state and i was gonna draw my tag and all that or what what whatever or what um now it would fo be like, well, I can't be there every day. I'm not going to have the advantage of scouting there every day. And I can't afford an outfitter, but I could have put out there and set some trail cameras. Now I can't do that. I'm not going to apply for Arizona and I'm not going to hunt in Arizona. So I, now Arizona just lost a hunter and the revenue from the tags and all that. So I, I don't see how that was a, a great decision on anybody's part there. No, I think I still I still one hundred percent think that the banning of the trail cameras in Arizona has no positive impact other than by the panel that made it. Um I I, I don't know flexing their muscle. I, I don't know who was driving the who the driving force was behind thinking that was a good idea. I mean imagine if that happened in Michigan. Could mm-hmm. you imagine? Like if you thought the bait ban was bad, yeah. Like the the banning of trail cameras would it just would it's and like I just said earlier, it's not gonna stop no one. It's, I, it's honestly it's gonna be like, oh, well, that's a cattle, that's a cattle camera, or I'm trying to take pictures of the sun sunrise or or whatever. You know, it's just, it's just gonna it's gonna force people to do because guess what? If you if if you're putting them out there going, okay, I'm doing this for the cattle. Now you go, fuck, I'm on a disadvantage. I'm gonna fucking put them out for the cattle. Well, if he's gonna get away with it, and it's not gonna fucking solve anybody. It's only gonna hurt the people that actually follow the law. Right, and the DNR officers that are there to enforce the law. It's now it's one more thing that they have to look for. Right. So I mean, I just. Maybe they're just getting huge revenue off the fucking tickets they're going to write everybody for writing this shit. I don't even know what Because how do you even prove it, though? How can you prove... Like, uh, uh, well, You can just go, okay, well, you're a hunter. Well, I didn't... I, well, I'd imagine it's mostly going to be enforced on public lands, and it's going to be more obviously... Watering holes seem to be the common denominator of where these trail cameras If they're placed. so rare and far between, fucking have a game warden fucking nearby. And yeah. then if if somebody's coming in there to check a trail camera, go. Why do you you can't write a time say you can't check cameras from this time to this time. This is hunting hours or whatever. If you do it, you will be prosecuted for fucking hunter harassment or something. Yeah, so I, I see what you're saying there. Yeah, like if you don't have a valid tag, you don't need to be in there during the like. So say for us, for example, we'll say we'll use turkey season because turkey season has a different seasons, right? So this year I think it started on April 23rd. If your season isn't in that April 23rd to May 31st category, you don't need to be in the woods checking trail cameras. I know turkeys are different. I'm just using that because there is appears that there's different breakdowns of seasons. So, you know, you don't need to go in there, especially because why are you going in there a week before to, to mess with everything, right? I'm. I don't know. I don't know that I have an answer for what the best solution is, especially because my opinion comes from a state that varies so different than Arizona. But I just definitely have some heartburn with the idea of like me not being able to use a trail camera, and it's not that I don't think I could hunt without one. I'm sure I could. I'm sure that they did it for a long time without them. It's more or less the fact of there's more to taking trail camera pictures than just taking trail camera pictures. I mean, for one, it allows me a chance to get out in the woods um, and learn more about deer, which is I love 
if, I love learning about deer. It, it allows me to learn a little bit about deer. The other thing is I love being able to take Easton out in the woods. I like spending that time out in the woods with him. And I'm sure there's other ways you can do it. I know there's other ways, but it's, it's still a small part of just getting out in the woods. Um, plus, there's a bit of a, an adrenaline rush when you pull, and it's not huge, but when you pull the tra- tra- your trail camera card and you've got, you know, a big buck on it, it it's it's a pretty cool thing, um, especially because a lot of times you, I've gotten bucks on camera that I've never seen in person, you know. So it's just cool for that, for that reason. Um, and then, you know, ultimately, yeah, the intel you get to maybe help harvest a deer you know, sure, it is what it is, but I don't know that that is the sole reason that I have a trail camera. Let me done. Huh? Are we done? With, we, yeah, with, we can be. We can. I yeah. mean, what else? I mean, I, I've already said my piece with it because I think it's bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't disagree with you. I think that the trail camera ban is insane um i pray that it never comes to michigan if it ever came to michigan it would be one of the few times that i would physically go to these meetings and and, oh, and make sure my voice and, was heard and the and fact that banning i think we should not start doing that even though there uh, this is not that's probably what happened is we when's when have you ever went to one of these meetings I've never gone to See, one. I think we should probably I make it a goal to at least go one time a year so, to see what the fuck's going on. Because these guys could be talking about this right now and we don't even know about it. And then all of a sudden it gets on, put on the ballot and then it's too late. I'm not. I'm, yeah. I'm just saying. Well, that. I think there's that. But I, I still think that part of the issue in Arizona comes down to hunters just need to, I think at times, take a step back and just remember that we're all still people, right? Um, we're all out to try and do the same thing. So when you're hunting public land, private land, have a little bit of common decency, you know, be respectful no matter the situation, no matter how frustrating it is. Um, and don't we can't continue to fight amongst us. Us fighting amongst us just makes it easier to divide us when anti-hunters try to take certain rights or I I won't call them rights but certain privileges we have when it comes to hunting away. Yeah. So and it's sad when uh, you know we're we're so outnumbered as hunters. We're we're we are the the minority for sure on yeah, you know, you know, and we always attack other. Oh, oh, this guy's using a bow that's twenty years old. Or this guy's using fixed blades. Or this guy's <laughs> using a, a, you know, no, no stabilizer. Oh my god! Like, why are we fighting over this shit, man? We should yeah. be fighting over big thing that's actually impacting us. Like, I mean, why are they making these rules? Or you know, like, okay. Like our new one, like why all of a sudden do we have to start checking deer and all that? And then, well, yeah. So I'd say that's kind of how this next portion of it leads in. So we talked about Arizona. Well, now we're going to talk about a Michigan rule change. Um, it's a huge one. It's a- it's a huge one, and I'll be honest, I am all for it. So within the last week or so, Michigan released the hunting digest, and the big major rule change was that you have to check your deer in. Within 72 hours, um, uh, online, 
I would imagine if you went to a deer check station, which I don't know if they'll it, have many, I'm sure it would be the same. But so now you are going to have to 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 go online and just plug in some numbers and check your deer in. And I've seen a lot of people that are like against it, and I don't understand it. I, I, I'm not against it. I'm for it because it it just takes out that variable. Like, I would be against it if I had to physically go in there because, like, I'm up north for like a, where I'm at. Yeah, having to drive in. Yeah, I would have to drive because there's probably no fuck. Well, unless it was like the actual ones where like the hardware store was a check station yep. or something, then I wouldn't be too mad about it. That's one thing. And that would make more, it's going to make more people honest. Yeah. And, and then, you know what I mean? And you know why I guarantee why they're doing this as mandatory? Because everybody that got that envelope at in January, February. Doesn't send it back. I'm just as guilty. Uh, exactly. And that's what's happening. They don't know the true numbers because guess what? They sold up, let's say, I don't know the natural numbers, a million tags. I bet you only 10,000 people <laughs> sent that envelope back. Yeah. And they can't get a true, you know, number if no one sends that envelope so back. Here, yeah, so here, so, yes. So, the. This is all of our fault. I'm not. I'm not saying I didn't. I didn't either for a long time. You know, I, I try to do it. I do it for the Bobcats for sure and all that. Yeah. But. So the the crazy thing is, is that is the one argument I see is, I don't understand why I have to check my deer and like why do they need to know? So an accurate deer count number for the DNR. These are the individuals that set our our quota limits, right? So the same people bitching about the fact that we can shoot two spikes in our county and shoot 10 does are the same people bitching about the fact that why do I need to check my deer in? We need to check your deer in because according to the state of Michigan and the fact that we're hitting 100,000 deer a year, we have way too many deer in our area, right? Because they don't have an accurate number of the deer that are being shot. And when they get an accurate number, I think that it's going to go a long way in them changing the quotas and the allotted amount of deer killed in certain areas, the allotted amount of bucks and, uh, or like not bucks, but the antler restrictions for your second tag in certain areas. Um, I don't see a negative in this. It takes you, it's going to take you less than five minutes to do it. And it's going to give the DNR proper information to help make better decisions for our overall deer herd in the long run. Right. You, I've spent longer looking at ingredients in beef jerky than it's going to take me to make this <laughs> phone call. So I, it's it's and it's seventy two hours. It's not like you have yeah. You just use it seventy two hours or before you transfer possession. So that means before you take it to the processor, before you take it to the taxidermist. Which, I mean, I wonder if they can. I wonder if processors can come check stations, because that would be that one would be like. November 15th, I think the phone system's going to crash. Then. Well, it's an online system, so, I mean, I would still say, like... Come on. So, yeah, no, so I would say... So was uh, unemployment, remember, when that shit yeah. went... And, <laughs> so, I, so I see the point, but I still think that, like, sure, November 15th, I go to get online and it doesn't work. Every smartphone has the ability to screenshot, right? So you just screenshot it, and then when you take it in... If if it, and you try to do it later and it works and they ask why, I think if you, 
And this well, maybe this is me just being a little naive. I think if you show them, look, before I tried to take it into the processor, this didn't work. I didn't have the time. I needed to take it in. I, I, I put think, it on later. I think you should just if it, if the online site crashes, I think the phone system would be a lot more it's a lot more sustainable. The phones it's not overloaded. Which is how Ohio does it. Right. So I I, I think with them two. I think the phone system would be a way better failsafe than the. But who knows? This could go flawless and this is not even a problem. I that's the only thing I see as like not a negative. It would just be a little con. It'd be a little frustrated because you know a lot of people shoot their deer or whatever on opening day and they want to take it to the processor or um, like a buck pole or something like that. Yeah. Well, you can take it to a buck pole no matter what. You're not. Yeah, but most buck poles are processed. Oh, okay. Yeah. So you want you want to just get it done. You want to just take it to the processor and go. Okay, I want to be done with this. You know. Then you go. Oh, I can't register. But who knows? It could be. That's the only bad thing I see. But that's all hypothetical. Is saying right. You, you know, but. I mean, it's a great thing. I think, you know, I like to hang my deer for a couple of days anyway. So do I. If it's cold enough, I'll hang my oh, deer. Oh, yeah. For if a it's cold days. enough, yes, yes. But no, so I would say based on the people I've seen, um, and this, it, I, it, might, I it, might catch some slag for this. So the people I see that don't want to check deer in tend to be the people that will shoot the first buck that walks out. And the people that do want the check-in are the people that are generally a little bit more selective as far as antler-wise on what they'll shoot. And um, I don't know that I have a very good reason why. I think part of it is that my experience in Michigan is individuals that will shoot whatever they want, and this is where Michigan struggles, right? I was just talking about Hunter's fighting amongst each other well in michigan this is the big fight right you have the qdm group and you have the i'll shoot what i want group well the qdm group thinks that we have a ton of deer we can shoot a million does there's no reason to shoot that spike when it walks by the i'll shoot what i want says well i paid for the tag i should be able to shoot whatever i want and i don't necessarily disagree with them i just think that overall letting Small bucks grow, um, makes hunting more enjoyable Besides for everyone. Spikes. Uh, we're not getting into that today. <laughs> um, and, but the argument on register or not register your kill has, I'm, I'm not kidding, has been, based on what I've seen just on, on Facebook, has been drawn down that same line. And the argument from QDM guys is what I just brought up. This is going to give the DNR... The information we've wanted them to have so they can better make the decisions on what we can shoot to help sustain deer, the deer herd in Michigan going forward. Yeah, because they could have been overestimating, uh, let's say they allow a thousand tags Mm -hmm. and they only got like fucking probably not even out of that thousand tags. They probably got 30 reports. They're going to go, well, we think maybe 700 got taken. So next year... Next year, we're only going to allow 900 because that was too much. Because they're just making estimates because they don't have a true number. Well, so. I think that they, and I don't quote me on this, I think that they, because they, they regularly visit processors, so they use those numbers, some of the numbers for the deer harvest report, and then car deer accidents to determine the approximate amount of deer harvested throughout a year. But sometimes I'll cut my own deer up. Yeah. And um, it, you know, and, and some, it doesn't tell you where that buck came from. Cause it could, I could have shot right. it up in, 
you know, I could have shot it, you know, and as long as it's not a different CD or CWD zone mm-hmm. going transferring out of that zone, you know what I mean? But yeah. it doesn't tell you that location, you know what I mean? Right. You know, I'm just saying. So, but the I'll shoot what I want group, so far their argument is I don't understand why I would have to register deer or tell people what I killed. Um, and that's their argument is, well, I bought the tag. Why do I have to tell you what I killed? I, and They don't give a shit what you fucking killed. They don't kill yeah. it, tell you if you kill as long as it's legal, if you... They don't give a shit. Oh, this, oh, this, oh, this, this, hey, 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 this guy shot a, a spike. Yeah. They don't, they're not going to go do that. I they think, just want to know what was getting killed. Yeah, they want to know how many deer were killed. Not how gonna, many were antlered, how many were. They're not going to say John Doe shot a spike. Let's laugh at him. They don't give, they don't care about that. They just want to know you shot a spike. Right, they just want to know it was an antler deer. Yeah, that's it. I mean, they're not. They're just using it for a number statistic. They're not posting your name. They're not going to take a screenshot of your photo or over your buck and post it on there. Sh- still shoot whatever you want. You just got to make a fucking five-minute phone call. Yeah, and I don't even know what it'll take that long. I did, that's where I, I guess the heartburn of me wanting to be, I don't want to fight. Like I think ultimately you should shoot what you want. But my biggest issue with the I'll shoot what I want, don't tell me what to shoot, is they don't understand the longevity of our kids and our kids' kids being able to do the same thing that we are physically obsessed with doing, right? Um, And by just... And not all of them. I mean, I know some guys, like I have a guy on my lease right now who will shoot a two-year-old eight-point, 100-inch eight-point, and be happier than you've ever ever met. And those guys, I'm 100% for, right? Because they're shooting them because that's what made him happy. But most of the people I see that are shooting a six-point are doing it almost out of spite. I bought the tag. I'll shoot what I want. Like they're not really happy about it, and then they use the argument of, "Oh, it's I, I'm shooting it for me," but just watch five does walk by him. And and that's the same size that I'm shooting this for me. And he has three four hundred dollars in camo. He has a twelve hundred dollar <laughs> bow, and then he has whatever else, one hundred and fifty dollar boots on. And you oh, you're hunting this for me. Yeah. Oh, get the hell out of here, bro. I mean, yes, it, it, there's a lot of people that that live off the meat, or not live off the meat, but just only eat the meat. But don't just say, I'm only doing this. And then <laughs> if I go, I, I got to live off this meat, I'm not going to shoot the smallest a- animal that I know. I'm going to harvest a big mature animal so I can get the most value for my tag. Let's yeah. just say if I can't afford multiple tags and then let's just say I only can get two tags, I'm going to make sure they're the largest possible thing. That It just sounds like laziness. It sounds like well, I only I only wanted to go out one day. One day, and, and I don't know your time restriction and all that, but I, I know some of these people that have gone out multiple times and they just shoot whatever and then they're done because they shot something. It's like, okay, yeah, and I mean, I don't care what you shoot, as long as your reasoning for it is because I like did it. Like I know people that they'll shoot a spike just to say, pretty much fuck you, I shot it, because they know like I won't 
that I, I practice some form of QDM. I've, I've actually had that conversation with someone of, yeah, I shot it. Like, what are you going to do about it? Like, I'm not going to yell at you because you shoot it. Like, you're, you're right. You bought the tag. You shoot the deer. I might not agree with your reasoning behind it, but ultimately you don't have to give me a reason. I didn't pay for your tag. I just personally think that the ability to shoot big deer on public ground in the states like Kansas, Iowa, Ohio, Kentucky, not only raises revenue for your state, it makes hunting more enjoyable. Um, so then more people will want to do it, right? Like, I don't know how many years you hunted before you finally decided, like, it's fun to shoot a six-point, but it's not as fun as shooting 120, 130-inch deer. That, and that's when, I don't know the exact moment. And in my eyes, it's just my opinion that I was hunting, but I wasn't a hunter. Yeah. Exactly. You know what I mean? And then when I came to that point of a, being a hunter, or a, let's just call it a sportsman or whatever you want to, uh, it's in my eyes, I was out there in the woods. I wasn't. Hunt, I was just hunting. I wasn't uh, like. I I didn't know what the fuck was going on. I was just hoping a deer walked by me. And then I got to a certain point where I was just like, okay. And it actually stemmed from a doe. I shot this big old nanny, big old nanny. And I went to the processor and dropped off the meat or dropped her off, came back and got the meat. And he gave me, I think it was like four grocery bags. I go, you made a mistake. And he goes, what do you mean? He's like, this is, this is not, this is what, this is not my meat. He goes, what do you mean? I was like, this is way too much. He's like, no, that's came off from your doe. I was like, holy moly. Yeah. yeah. Shoot an actual true mature animal. Yeah. You get a lot get, of meat. You get a lot of meat. Cause I was used to, you know, like 10 things of hamburger and then a couple steaks and all that, you yeah. know, maybe 15, 15, 20 pounds of, of meat. Then I shot that nanny and I got like 50 pounds of meat and I was like, <laughs> holy moly. And that's when it was like a breaking point when yeah, obviously the antler has always been a goal, but I was, that was like the, the point of going, wow, if you shoot these actual true mature animals, you get a lot more for my, for my money. And I, I don't, I'm not, a, I don't survive off venison and all that. No. But it, it, in my eyes, I was like, well, you know, I, besides the actual, you know, like, okay, this animal's lived his life. Let's, you know, for maturity wise, but. I was just like, wow, that was an eye-opening experience for me. Yeah. Well, and then the other thing that I guess, um, as far as the DNR making this rule change, I don't agree with a lot of the things the DNR does. Um, like I remember a couple years ago, they had they had a choice to make it statewide APRs, and they chose not to. And I understand why, but I just wish they would have. Um, my other f- fun argument with people is one buck rule, which I just want to make it clear. If you live in Michigan, just let that dream go. It's never going to happen. Um, but it feels like this is a step in the right direction for me in my feelings towards the Michigan DNR. And I understand they have a pretty hard job of trying to make everyone happy. But this seems like a step in the right direction of... We're going to get a more accurate total of deer killed so we can better make decisions on how to harvest or what to harvest in our state to help, A, people keep hunting, 
and B, bring other people into the state to hunt like Iowa and Kansas and, and, and such like that, which would obviously bring in more revenue. Um, so I don't, I, I just, I, I have a heartburn with the fact that people are complaining about having to do a two-second task to better help the sport that you spend so much time on. I, I, I guess I struggle with that. Yeah, that's, still. that's a, a real head stretcher for me where it's just like you spend all this time. Let's, you know, you, you do all this practice, you do all this prepping, you do, you know, hours of food plots, hours of setting stands, hours of trail cams, scout, you scout, you scout, you scout. And then you're complaining about a five minute phone call of what you killed that day or what you harvest. Yeah. Like, like. I just don't see. Well, and there was another rule change which happened. Was I believe it was last year that I think was a step in the right direction for Michigan DNR, and that was they used to have the early doe hunt and the youth hunt on the same weekend. You remember that? I thought it is still the same weekend. No, they split them. I thought it was used to be always split, and then they combined them. There was a couple years where it was the same weekend, and it was insane to me to think that that was a good idea. I don't know who came up with that idea, but it was awful. But now it's split again, right? So now the week of the second week in September is a youth hunt. The the third week of September is the early doe hunt. And then you get a whole week off before bow season starts, which I think is an absolutely is perfect in my mind. Um, not a lot of people, I guess, do the early doe hunt, but I think that September 10th, 11th range for the youth hunt is a perfect time. Bucks are still pretty patternable. You can get kids out there. You get a kid with a chance at a velvet buck, which... I never got because growing up, I feel like the youth hunt was always that third week of like the week before the bow opener. I could be wrong. I only I didn't participate in a whole lot, but um, you know. So again, I think that that's a, a genius move by the Michigan DNR on how it's set up for the youth hunt. I know some other states have it like. Ohio's youth hunt. It's is, like late. Yeah, it's like it was like I think it's almost like November, right? Mid to late November. Yeah, yeah. I I think that's crazy because they only have wait Ohio. They only have a couple shotgun weekends, right? Yeah, late November and then late December. Oh. Yeah, I mean, uh, I can't. I'm not knocking the youth weekend. I never did it so and i don't think it's a bad thing because there's some people that are really against it and that's kind of fucked up in my eyes like <laughs> yeah like yeah fuck these kids <laughs> you fucking kids shooting the big fucking deer yeah <laughs> bullshit like i mean <laughs> yeah it's pretty early but i mean like whatever i mean like i mean if you if i don't know that kids that easy but they have short attention spans and then if something sucks they're probably not going to want to do it again yeah so, so if there's anything i've learned whether it's been for coaching or taking east now hunting 
if it doesn't happen fast, you're struggling to keep them engaged. If you want people, you know, you want the next generation to continue hunting, you need to figure out a way to keep them engaged. And ultimately, a September two-day deer hunt is going to keep them engaged because more than likely deer are not on edge because they haven't been hunted yet. They're a lot more patternable because, again, they haven't been hunted yet and they're still in that food phase. Um, the weather is exponentially better than middle to end of November. And, um, like, it's not going to mess up your act. Like, it's it's three weeks before your and I r- postseason starts. I rarely, like, and then, what is it, dis- disable people, right? Yeah, that's so that's the same weekend as the early doe hunt. That's the Liberty hunt. Yeah. I don't know anybody personally that is that takes advantage of that. So let's just say maybe one, not even a percent of people. Are- At most, probably 1% of the hunting population takes advantage of that weekend to go out and hunt public land and kill the big it- buck you've been watching all Yeah, all season. So, no, I just, I feel like there was no other major rule changes, um, at least not anything that I noticed. Um, I think there were some just point APR move-ups, I think. Yeah, so I know. Like, nothing drastic. Where we hunt, if you want, you can blast two spikes. Um, Hell, yeah. I'll be honest, if you blast two spikes, I'm going to struggle not to judge because of uh, it, it, it sounds I, bad, but like I, I mean, I'm gonna be happy for you, but I'm not gonna be thrilled. At I the same think there time. should be a new rules. If you shoot a spike, you have to taxidermy it. That's never gonna. That's the equivalent to the one buck rule. That's also never gonna happen. This Dude, day uh, why? Like, hey, if you shoot that spike, you have to taxidermy it. No, I think that's ridiculous. Because that would make me wow. I don't want to shoot this little ass deer and have to spend six hundred dollars on a fucking taxidermy. <laughs> But no, I think that if you shoot two, you got to get one taxidermy. What about that rule? Well, so, yeah, I mean, that's fine. I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't know a single person that's ever actually shot two spikes in one year. But um, no, I think that if you want to shoot two spikes, two four points, it it ultimately is what it is. I'm going to be happy for you that you you shot a deer. And what, what, generally people that shoot those and they're telling people are happy that they shot him. So, I mean, I guess I'll still be happy, um, but I'll what do you internally see, wish that they did What do you see more of? Do you see more forkhorns, spikes, or baskets? It depends I, on where I'm hunting. I think I generally always see more forkhorns than anything. So this property I hunt in Corona, it's insane. I'll see spikes a lot. And it's not, and I don't understand why. There's a good food source, good bedding, and it's how just... Big, how big is spikes? Just your basic run-of-the-mill spike. Legal three-inch spike. Yep. Um, but in Corona, or in Ovid, man, I don't see nearly as many spikes. In fact, like, I I, I very rarely yeah. see a spike. But then just yesterday... It's or just genetics. Other, it's genetics, man. Yeah. Just the, the other day, I seen a spike... Um, and there's people that are frowned upon this. I love driving around at night, especially this time of year with Easton, looking at deer, right? Like as it's getting dark out because deer start coming out of the field. I seen a spike, and I'm not kidding you. He came out to his ears. 
Yeah. And it was just a mainframe spike, and he just came out to his ears. And I, I'll be honest, I would love for someone to shoot that. Um, I his, I didn't get a great look at his body because he was he was running away, but that is a rare deer, like that that large of a spike. And it maybe it is a year and a half year old deer, but I know a lot of people. Myself included, that would probably be like, you know, that's that's pretty cool of how just large that spike is. Um, so, I mean, I, I don't know. I just, I think part of me has to get a little bit better of understanding that different people have different views. Um, and because I'm so obsessed with the way I hunt, maybe, more or less of the... Trophy? You're a trophy hunter? Yeah, I would say that. I mean, I, I mean, I'll shoot a doe for me, but I mean, at the end of the day, when it comes to bucks, like I want to shoot something nice. Um, don't push your ways on other people. So I don't generally <laughs> do that. Like, no, I, I will definitely if I talk to someone. Like, I make it pretty clear the fact that like this is kind of what I'm looking forward to shooting. But at the same time, I know people. I have people I work with. Um, They'll come to me with a four-point they shot. Yeah. If you're bragging about a four-point, that tells me one Hell thing. Yeah. It means that you were happy that you shot yeah, it. Yeah. And that's the only thing I care and, about. And there's other people that, like, we took out hunting, and I told them, hey, man, if you see, like, a fucking spike or four-corn, fucking smoke that thing. Well, no, I don't want my friend. Dude, come on. <laughs> it's your yeah. first deer. I don't care. Take whatever you want. And, you know, and. There's like a certain points and like, well, you're passing all these deer up and all that. Well, I'm in a different part of my life and my hunting career. Yeah. I don't want to say career because I don't make no money and it's not, and it's just a different, I'm at a different part of my life where I'm looking for something else and, and I'm not going to force my way to say, well, I'm passing one thirties. You need to pass one thirties. That's right. not how it works. Yeah. And, and so. No. And I mean. I don't know. I mean, it still all comes back to probably myself included, how to manage how others hunt, right? And this all stemmed from obviously the new rule change in Michigan, but uh, we kind of went down this rabbit hole. But uh, I think maybe I could do a better job of like I don't, I will not actively bash someone that shoots a small deer. Okay, there are people that I know shoot small deer that I will actively avoid, um, because of how they do it, and they do it out of spite. Like I'm, I'm not joking. I stopped hunting with these individuals because of this. They will shoot a small deer simply out of spite, and then they would rub it in my face that they got a deer, they got a buck, and I didn't. Yeah, they're, they're the um, first one. They're, oh, I look at that! I killed one already. And ultimately, I uh, I just quit hunting with those individuals. All right, that that is a different type of person as opposed to the guy at work that comes up to me and goes, "Hey, like, look, I shot this four point." Because the guy that comes up to me at work and says, "Hey, I shot this four point," is visibly excited about the fact that he shot yeah. that. Otherwise, he wouldn't be showing it to me. And, right? I, and sometimes I don't like it. I had some guys last year. They're like. Yeah, I shot this one this weekend. I was like, "Yeah, sh show me it." And he's like, "He was like, it was with the crossbow, though." I said, like, "I don't fucking care." Like, yeah, like you fucking you went out and did it. You got it done, man. Shoot with the fucking BB gun. I don't care. Oh, don't do that. <laughs> don't do that. Okay, do it with the uh, 
Yeah, you go out and shoot it with a thirty out six or a rifle. Yeah, like, you know, as opposed to say a muzzleloader or shotgun. Done. You shot it. You're happy about it. Yeah. Don't don't. And then then there's like a certain point where I, I hate. I don't hate it, but I mean, it's just like, yeah, I sh- I, I shot this one. Like, well, why did you shoot it if you're kind of not embarrassed of it? That like, makes me angrier. Yeah, because like, so I know I people know, that'll yeah, shoot I some sh- pretty good bucks. Um, and I can't say I, I've definitely had some regret when I walked up to a deer. Um, I think I can name one deer, one deer in particular that I was like, "Damn, I shouldn't have done that." Some, uh, ground, some ground shrinkage on you? Uh, no, I knew how big it was. I watched. I'd passed it up twice previously. Uh-huh. It's just the problem was is the third time. Um, I just had an itchy trigger finger and I sent it. And, um, when I walked up on it, I was like, yep, like I probably shouldn't have done that. But, um, I have, I know people that will shoot pretty good deer and then be like, oh, like it was too small or this or that. Well, like, you know, a one-off thing of, ah, dang, like I kind of messed up is one thing. But when we do it every year, like I don't understand, right? Like. I, I would rather you have an excuse for shooting a deer than have an excuse for why you should have let it go, right? Like, if you shot the deer and then you regret... I hate that more than shooting a spike. You know, like, I, I just... I can't stand that. To shoot a deer, you literally... You just took an animal's life, and then you... Instead of telling the story of how you did it or things like that, all you're telling is people is, yeah, it's not that big. I should have let it go. Then why did you shoot in the first place? And now don't get me wrong. Like, I, I've been there. I've done it. And I felt bad. Um, but, it, you know, it, it's happened one time. And it taught me a lesson, right? I think if you're learning a lesson, then then it's fine. But if you're doing it on a regular occurrence, then... I don't understand why we're having the same conversation. But. All right. I mean, do you. I'm sorry. No, go ahead. So do you think that there are any drawbacks outside of the servers going down for the new rule change? Man, it'd be be really hard. Uh, I don't physically see none yet. And like I said, you know, the hypothetical, that's the only thing I can see from it. If it actually, let's say we just go through it and just everything hell breaks loose, no, and then maybe I'll have some sour taste in my mouth. Maybe they should redo it a little better. But um, yeah, the only drawback is people that are, in my eyes, are just like, oh, what else are they going to make us do? I mean, well, they they send out an envelope every year asking you to do it, and you never did it. So so do you agree with the misdemeanor fine and I don't know, possible that's, jail time? That's a little st- steep on the misdemeanor. I can understand maybe uh, some kind of tag restriction or something next year. Like a civil citation, like a, like a, like a driving ticket type yeah, of thing? Yeah, like some kind of first offense. Second offense, definitely probably go up a little bit on that. Okay, yeah, I forget, totally forgot about the actual misdemeanor. I don't know. Maybe they were saying up to a misdemeanor to get their point across that. 
No, it is most certainly a misdemeanor. Now, well, I want to make it clear. My assumption on what's going to happen if you don't do this, the first time you get caught, you're going to get hit with, I don't know what the fine is, a couple hundred dollar fine, the equivalent to a speeding ticket is kind of how I'm going to look at it. I'd imagine, just like so it's just like baiting, right? So people that have been caught baiting generally get a fine, okay? Unless they've, unless you have been caught shooting an animal over it, but if a DNR officer just comes out, sees you have corn down, they give you a fine, and you know you're a little pissed, but it's the equivalent to a speeding ticket, right? That's how I imagine, and I don't know. So that this is the only drawback I see, right? And I know the reason why they did it. The reason why they did it is because if they didn't, people wouldn't do it. Um. So I, I agree with them, but I think that we'll have to see how stiff the penalty is. Because ultimately, do I think someone not turning in a deer is the end of the world? No. Um, but do I think that, that people should do it? Yeah. I mean, I think that the fine should be the equivalent to a speeding ticket. And ultimately, if you get enough points on your license... You don't get to drive anymore, and I think that that's exactly how it should go. Like, yeah. and I there's going to be people that disagree with me here, but if you get caught three, four, five times not checking in deer, honestly, you're just willfully being an asshole. Yeah, it's a two second thing. Yeah, right. Just like if you got caught speeding three, four, five, six times, you're gonna have enough points. You're not gonna be able to drive. It's I, it's I, part of what we do now. I imagine this year they'll be a little bit lenient since it's a new law. Maybe slap a little fine on you or something and all that. I mean, it's just as simple like that, you know. But if they were like, if you don't do it this year, automatic misdemeanor, I'd be a little bit like. I would on. like to see some leniency year one. Like, come, whoa, whoa, calm down. Like, it just, maybe on the situation it doesn't, it was just yeah. like. Like, I think that because they can put in their system. I talked to Joe Davis. I gave him a warning about the fact that he turned his deer into a processor and did not turn it in. All right. They they could put it right in the system. Right. Okay. So then when another DNR officer comes up to you and says, Joe, this is the second time we've talked to you about it. This time we're giving you the ticket. You have no right in my mind to be mad. No, no. Like, but I do think that for sure year one there has to be leniency because you're going to have – the older generation that maybe doesn't have Facebook doesn't get on the internet, so they don't know, right? And then they go turn their deer in, and all of a sudden it's like, well, what are you talking about, right? So yeah, I think that there's no reason that that person should get a ticket first time. But if we are in two, three years, at that point there's no excuse. Yeah. Every single person that hunts should know, hey, listen, if you don't check your deer in. It is what it is, and I think that that's exactly how, in my mind, I wish that, I hope that that's how it goes. Yeah, and this might limit, this might be a good thing for them to track people taking deer over CWD lines. But hey, whoa, why is this deer in, at this processor in zone two whatever, but you called and you said you shot it in zone one, and that's the CWD zone. Why did you cross the line? Yes, yeah, so I never thought of that. I think that is a very good point. Like, is it gonna, is it gonna help track people bringing deer from the CWD zone out of the CWD zone? Because, yeah, I mean, my opinion, 
I don't think CWD is as bad as is what they make it, but that's for another conversation. Um, the rule is, if I shoot a deer like in Shiawassee County, I I don't think I'm allowed to take it to Genesee County because no, Genesee can't. County is not part of the CWD zone, and, that's and Shiawassee have, is in the CWD zone. Yep, I live in Genesee, and I can't take mine to my processor. Well, I have to debone it, de-skull it, and yeah. all that shit, but. That's a problem with mine. So, but I think that it's not a problem. Their goal like, is to try and help prevent the spread of it, and I think that that is a that is one way to help track how often this may or may not be happening. Right. Right. And sometimes you have to play their fucking monkey pony games, just you know, just to do this stuff. Just so we can, maybe eventually we can get baiting back or something. You know, I won't bait personally, but it will, yeah. it, you know, like in the northern area, I think it would be real beneficial for them guys. Yeah, no, I, I mean, ultimately when I was in Ohio, you have to call in a number. Um, it really wasn't that difficult. Um, I didn't think it was that bad. Uh, I didn't see any issues with it. Um, I, sorry, I'm. I got uh, the hiccups a little here, but um, it, it's going to be, I, I promise this is going to be a good thing. Um, I, I, there's no fallbacks to you having to spend 10 seconds on your phone, entering some information, and moving on. One thing is you still have to legally tag your deer. Well, just... well you know, you have to say it because some people be like, well, I checked it in. Why do I have to tag it? <laughs> yeah. Well, you know... <laughs> Maybe they should make a text option. You think people will be a less, a little bit pissed about that? Like, well, hey, you do it online. You don't have to call. I you know, but I'm just saying, like, hey, this text thing. this number. Okay, you text it, and then it comes. Okay, where did you shoot it? And then you just type it, and then it just texts you back. Well, yeah, the next but then the DNR is going to have to use resources to cover that I guess line. Uh, and I think it, I'm just saying, waste. maybe if you so. care, but whatever. I guess yeah. we're just done bitching about rules and. I'm not bitching about this. Well, no, I'm like just saying. Rule. I'm just saying we're just you know we got all fired up. I'm just saying. I'm not saying we're for. Oh, I, we 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 went with a rule that we didn't like in a different state, and then we went with one in our state that I I don't know. I'm a huge fan of. I think it's going to be good. I think it's going to be great for the future of hunting in the state of Michigan. I could be wrong. Who knows? Five years from now, I could come back and be like, guys, this is the worst thing that's happened. But right now, I think it's a huge positive. Right. So, well, I think we should just close it on that. All right, I, I don't disagree with you. Hopefully, uh, next week we have some cool new topics to talk about. Maybe we'll have a giant buck to talk about. I don't know. We don't have a guest for next week, so it is what it is. I was thinking about catchphrases or whatever. Catchphrases, yeah, we'll have a whole episode on catchphrases. Honestly, I'm not uh, against it, but you're gonna. It's gonna be one of the more. I seen one. Or I didn't really. See, I, was, I seen. Well, it was one that said first generation bow hunter. I was like, okay, I like that one. But like, I thought, well, like, what about ours should be like at the end of it, or we should be be the next generation? No, I don't know. Cause, uh, who is it that has a guys from Texas have a podcast and they have a little catchphrase at the end of theirs? Yeah, like working class bow hunter is go shoot your bow. At the end of every episode, they go, all right, you know what to go do. Go shoot your bow. I think right, ours, well, So, yeah, we'll work on it. We'll come up with one for next week. I we'll think start we should one get next one. Week. I, think we should get, I think we should come up with one. 
I, okay, I agree. We'll 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 work on. If so, you have so, any suggestions, yeah. shoot us a message. I would hope to have the word generation in that. Yeah, Just and then, yeah, shoot us a message. See what you think. I definitely think it's a good idea. And then uh, if you listen to the episode, let us know what you think about Arizona and yeah. their trail camp ban. If then, we're totally wrong about it, dude, let us know, man. Yeah. Uh, then, anybody uh, else? They, you know, uh, uh, David Osborne lets me know that I shoot uh, little grizzly bears. So Yeah. <laughs> So. If, if you're unsure what he's talking about, get on the Instagram page. It's it's on there. But, uh, we, yeah, we had our first encounter with what I believe is an anti-hunter. But, uh, yeah, and then as far as the new rule here in Michigan, uh, you know, let us know what you think about that. And then uh, hopefully next week we'll have our new catchphrase. Yeah, insert catchphrase now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Later, guys. See ya.